Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We are also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help business leaders attract and retain top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and business partner, the ever-dashing Al McDonald. Al, I'm looking at you. You get a fresh haircut. You're looking sharp, I have to say. Uh, fresh haircut. It's the best. We talked about this yesterday. You get a fresh haircut. You walk out of there, you feel like a million bucks. So all uh, is right I'm in the world again. Good today, absolutely. <laughs> it's just too bad, you know, that people can't see us because uh, this being uh, audio instead of video. Well, we're gonna post a clip. We're gonna post a clip so people well, can uh, people make their own judgments. People will be able to see my new fresh haircut. Then please make comments because I enjoy <laughs> seeing those. <laughs> Well, joining us today is Greg Van Slyke from Inkblot, who I had the pleasure of meeting, gosh, I don't know, I'm thinking almost maybe two years ago now, worked for a really cool company. And Greg is actually really, really cool himself. So I'm really happy <laughs> to talk to him. But he has over 15 years experience in the mental health industry. And he joined Inkblot Therapy as a director of business development in May of 2020. What a time to join a company. Wow, that's impressive. And he's proud of the fact that Inkblot makes a positive difference by helping people live happier, healthier lives. So Greg, welcome to the show. It's so good. Uh, it's always good to chat with you. Well, thanks, Robin. And I can attest to Al's great haircut. And I will say, <laughs> thank goodness this is a podcast because as they say, I have a face made for radio or podcasts. But no, I do appreciate you guys having me on. I'm, I'm very passionate about the work that I do and the work that Inkblot does. And Glad to share some time with you guys today. Well, that's a good place to start because you and I have had some chats offline about why you do what you do. And I, and I think it's such a great story. And I think, you know, you're one of the lucky people that actually does something that you enjoy and that you're passionate about. And, you know, I always encourage people where possible, do what you love. And I mean, anyone who says it isn't work still, you know, what's the saying, do what you love and you'll never spend a day work. I mean, that's just not true. I mean, it's still work, but if you enjoy what you do and you're passionate about it, you are going to have a much better time. And I think you're going to ultimately deliver a better experience for, for someone. So why don't we start at the beginning? Why did you decide to get in the mental health industry in the first place? Well, yeah, as you said, I've been in this industry now. Actually, it's almost 20 years when I do the math. And prior to getting into the mental health or EAP industry, I was in financial services in various roles. And then sort of back looking for my next move. And as luck would have it, all those years ago, I had two job offers, two very different job opportunities, if you will. One was to stay in financial services with a Schedule A bank. So that's about as hardcore financial services as one could get. But there was also this opportunity to take a business development role for an EAP company. Admittedly, I knew nothing about EAP or the mental health industry. So I thought, okay, it's, you know, it's the proverbial, it's a new challenge. And you know, back to doing what you love. I mean, financial services for me was a job. 
you know, it's the proverbial working for the weekend mentality. So I thought about the CAP and I thought, okay, it's a new challenge, this opportunity. Also, as luck would have it, my wife is an HR professional. So I thought, okay, I'm going to be selling primarily to HR people and related stakeholders. So probably she'd be helpful in terms of someone as a sounding board and from a perfectly mercenary standpoint, maybe a source of some leads. (laughs) But what tipped the balance for me, it was very personal. EAP, bottom line, helps people deal with mental health challenges they're experiencing. In the extreme, it saves lives. And in my particular case, I experienced firsthand some considerable challenges that my parents faced. Specifically, my father, who I love dearly, bottom line was bipolar. And ultimately, you know, the demons took him from me. He committed suicide, which was incredibly difficult. I still remember the day that the plainclothes policeman knocked on our door and I went down to the morgue with my mom and uh, identified him. So that's never left me. Thank goodness it was only on a TV screen, by the way, at least not the way they do it on the TV shows. So a little less difficult to take. And then my mom suffered from depression and alcoholism. So me as the oldest of three kids, you know, a lot of even the parenting fell to me because of the challenges my parents faced. So I knew firsthand, I saw them face their own demons and not get proper support. And I also saw firsthand the ramifications of that in terms of what my brother and sister and I lived with. And I thought to myself, as I deliberated between those two job offers, you know, I'm not a clinical person, but if I can go out selling services that help people deal with their mental health and addiction issues, you know, wouldn't that be something great to change people's lives for the better, you know, as opposed to whatever we did in financial services. So that was it. And something else, by the way, that I will mention that the industry has done for me, and that is that I can even talk about that, that I share the story with you guys today. It's called stigma, right? I mean, back when we were going through all this, oh gosh, lips were sealed, didn't talk about it. Even when I got into this industry, you know, I never shared the story with anybody. But as I got to meet people and all the good work that's been done throughout the industry, like Bell Let's Talk, where celebrities are sharing their own journeys and stories and challenges, you know, so the message is, it is okay to talk about it. And it's okay to ask for help because help is there. And that's all you need to do. So once again, really, to kind of tighten the answer back up, my primary motivation and what gets me going every day is my personal experience with my parents and my siblings, knowing that what I'm doing is going to positively impact the lives of the employees that my company supports. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing. I think it is incredibly important. And, you know, sitting here listening to your story, you know, it makes me realize because I've had many conversations with people and I'm always surprised how many people are out there have faced family members or directly mental health issues and they're struggling and they don't have, because there's that stigma, as you said, attached to it. And I'll share with you my sister who had kids early and got divorced. And and that's just a normal thing. It doesn't always work out and um, found love again and uh, ended up having my, my youngest nephew and things just weren't going great for him. And he ended up separating from my sister and he committed suicide. 
And so the work that you're doing, I mean, you're speaking to me as I'm listening to you. I'm thinking, thank goodness there are people around because although we lost him, you know, how many others are being saved by having a platform like yours or not just picking on your company, but any outlet that they can reach out and, you know, having those promotions like Bell Let's Talk, reaching out to someone. And Greg, you've probably seen it on my LinkedIn. You know, I joke around. I said, I'm really good at coffee. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, call me if you're having that bad day, because I've done that. I've leaned on other people too. And like a lot of people, you know, I'll admit I've struggled with my own mental health. I lost my brother last December coming up on a year and he was 59. It was definitely way too soon to go. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all these feelings around that. And as much as you think, Hey, I'm, I'm brave and I can get through everything. You're human. You need access to people or platforms or, programs that you can just reach out to. So I love your answer and I love why you do what you do. That's a huge why. And uh, I bet you feel really good about that. I do. And and th- by the way, thank you for sharing your experiences as well. And I'm not unique, by the way. I, I wish I were, but I'm not. As I speak to people in my industry, and, and it's surprising how many people have the same personal vested interest in doing the work that we do for similar reasons. I mean, the co-founder of Inkblot, you know, lost a cousin to suicide, which was one of his, you know, motivations in getting this off the ground. So I come back to the fact that what gets me out of bed in the morning is the fact that, hey, I'm doing something good, something worthwhile, something that I believe in, which I think as a sales professional, to believe so passionately in what I do and, and the services that I sell, it really helps. I'll echo a little bit of what Robin said too. Powerful story that you shared it with us. I'm I'm sure that you know you just sharing that will, you know, make everyone else out there when they hear it aware that they're not the only ones that are going through. I, I, everyone I think suffers at some point in their life from something that has happened. So I really appreciate you yeah. talking about that. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the program that Inkblot offers and? Most people probably know what an EAP is, but just in case they don't, employee assistant program, you talked about that, but what's the difference between everyone else's and uh, Inkblot's offering? I think that's a dangerous question to ask a salesperson, (laughs) by the way, and and I will try not to make this sound too much like an infomercial. So I've, again, been in this industry almost 20 years. Prior to joining Inkblot, I was with what I'll call a more traditional EAP provider. And I will say that, look, based on my experience, all EAPs do a great job. But in terms of Inkblot and where we are very, very different than the traditional providers. So traditional providers, I mean, EAP has been around for over 40 years. And the traditional way of engaging services through an EAP is you phone an intake center, a call center, call it what you will, speak to an intake counselor who will ask the individual a series of questions. And then based on the responses to those questions, arrange or link that person to a counselor that they feel is is best suited for them. You know, there may be some back and forth in terms of securing an appointment because they may not be able to see the counselor's schedule in real time, and away you go. But I think you'll agree that we've all had less than great experiences with call centers in our lives, and they're getting a little worse, I would say. And I'm not talking about EAP necessarily, but it's just a connotation of phoning a 1-800 number. So what our founders set out to do was to make mental health more accessible, more effective, and more affordable. And one way they did it was to create a platform that the user experience in engaging counseling better, more modern. And by the way, 
in terms of that, I think COVID really created a concern of our business because a lot of people are leveraging technology, you know, for various things in terms of engaging services. But when COVID hit, I think that was rapidly accelerated. Even people that weren't comfortable using technology weren't able to sort of go out the way they were once able to because of the public health restrictions. So simply stated what our platform does. So rather than having to phone a call center, which by the way, if you've already experienced some degree of anxiety, can be intimidating just to literally sort of pick up the phone, grab your device. But we have a platform, if you will. So employees come onto our platform and they are presented with a clinically validated questionnaire. They just go through a series of questions. It takes, depending which of our two questionnaires they choose, takes five to 12 minutes to complete. And then a sophisticated algorithm running in the background will take the responses to the questions, create a psychological profile for that individual based on their specific needs. Also taking into account any personal preferences that may go into the match, including DEI considerations, et cetera. And then curate a list, a list of best suited counselors for that individual. So instead of sort of one choice, you're presented with three, four, five counselors that may be best suited for you. The individual can then review the profiles of each counselor, a picture, a biography, general approach to counseling, how they identify, et cetera and then select the counselor that they believe that they want to work with. They can live book their appointments, so there's no back and forth. This is all in real time. And in order to validate their choice of counselor, they get a 15-minute free consultation. It doesn't count the uh, sponsored hours. 96 to 97% of the time, it's deemed a good match, and the person will with the counselor that they've initially chosen. And they can message with the counselor between sessions. So... For us, that whole user experience in terms of choosing a counselor is a huge differentiator between the call center scenario. I will say, if someone is not comfortable with technology, if they don't want to go through our app or online, we will do intake the old-fashioned way if, if they're more comfortable. We also do most of our counseling via video, via secure video counseling. And again, I, you know, I talked about how the way we engage services and how we communicate has changed considerably over the years, and especially during COVID. I wish I had shares in Zoom a couple of years ago, but it's a more convenient and effective way of engaging in, in a lot of ways. So instead of having to go see a counselor face-to-face, -face, there's time traveling, parking, maybe there's childcare considerations, even the, for some people, it's almost intimidating having to walk into that office. The video platform really removes all that. And again, if, if people that just don't want to do the video engagement, of course, there was no face-to-face -face counseling a couple of years ago when I joined Inkblot. Obviously, that has changed as COVID restrictions are easing. A lot of counselors close their offices and stop doing face-to-face -face counseling. They're slowly drifting back. So where possible, we certainly will offer face-to-face -face appointments for people that choose them. So that whole intake experience is different and what we like to say a more modern approach. And that's something I really enjoy with my job. And Robin, well, you've seen it. When I demo platform for prospective customers, I love doing it. I'm very enthusiastic when I do it. So over and above the motivation we talked about previously for me being in this business, now I've got this platform that I think is just fantastic that I can more or less show off when I do demonstrations. And I will say it's probably the you know, one of the most enjoyable 
aspects of the job that I do. So there's that. So the intake process is a huge differentiator. And the other one I want to make mention of is just the support itself. EAP, by definition, is, quote, short-term solution-focused counseling. But it's a bit of a vague definition. Of, and if you're an employee in short-term solution counseling, I can tell you it doesn't mean a whole lot. It's just, okay, well, I get counseling. When I got into this industry many years ago, short-term might have meant like six hours or more of counseling. But now the reality is the average number of hours typically with a traditional program, it's three three hours of counseling, after which the EAP counselor will say to the individual, you know, this is as far as we can go in the context of EAP within your program. If you need additional support, you're going to have to look elsewhere because it's deemed a conflict of interest for the counselor to now, quote, feather their nest by bringing the client into their private practice because the rates are different. We take a completely different approach. First of all, we're very transparent about what you get. Our regular program, and again, if I'm sounding salesy, just tell me to shut up, but it's five hours of individual counseling plus five hours of couples counseling per year. So it's very transparent. Our average, by the way, is around four. But if the person needs longer-term support beyond the employer-sponsored hours, no problem. They can continue with the same counselor. They just book their next appointment exactly the same way as they booked their sponsored sessions. And now they can simply pay for them at an hourly rate, by the way, that's 40% lower on average than private counseling rates across Canada, and then expense those sessions via their paramedical insurance coverage if they have it. So that takes EAP from the realm of typically short term to the opportunity to deal with people with more complex issues. So not only do they get the support they need longer term, but it's not the disappointment or frustration of being cut off because short term just wasn't going to meet their particular needs. I feel like I'm sounding very enthusiastic about this. So, and I do, I really do believe in mental health support, obviously, but I also believe strongly in the way we go about it. So if I'm sounding a little over the top and I, I'm just hearing my voice in my headphones, I, you know, I hope it's not offensive to anybody. But anyway, that's sort of my, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Well, I was just going to say your enthusiasm obviously shines through. It's, it's yeah, pretty clear. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I was going to say too. We're both in that business development role. So I've got a curious question and I hope the audience would, would get something out of it, but I, I'm definitely going to ask because I'm, I'm always curious about what other people are doing. I mean, you, you can talk about your entire career, but I look back at when you started with Inkblot, and that must have been an incredibly challenging time in, in our lifetime anyway. But maybe you can talk about what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced, either whether you want to call it sales, whether you want to jazz it up like me, hey, business development, that's what I do. But ultimately, it's sales at the end of the day. What are your biggest challenges that you've run into, Greg? And, and well, maybe how did you get around those obstacles? Well, my biggest challenge really was starting a new industry pre-Inkblot. You know, I can talk a little bit about Inkblot too, but it really was making that transition from, you know, financial services into, into mental health and EAP. So, you know, the good news is I talked about my passion and, and my reasons, but the reality is I've still got to make a living, right? So I knew here I am going into a new industry, no experience, no clinical knowledge. And on top of it, I'm based in Toronto. My company's head office, the company I joined was in Vancouver and had a very strong client base out West, not so much in Ontario and points East. In some cases, I'd say, hi, I'm Greg. And from this company, where, what? And so it was challenging. I mean, so I had to 
develop enough clinical knowledge to be able to speak about the services I was selling. Not that I'm a clinical person and I'm very transparent about it when I'm talking to customers, but I still got to be able to be somewhat knowledgeable about the issues that people's employees may be facing and the ramifications of said issues and so forth. Also, I had to build a network of brokers like you, Robin, that can bring opportunities to me because I didn't have that. So the way I sort of overcame that, I mean, and, and believe me, there were times, and especially in that first year where I wondered, gosh, you know, Greg, what have you done? This was folly, you know, to think that you could just jump industries like this with zero experience, you know, in spite of your laudable reasons for doing it. I mean, some practical elements. I leveraged the clinical expertise at the company I worked with to learn. So I could speak knowledgeably about issues. If an HR person or something talked about issues that they saw their employees were having, I would be able to understand and give a, um, you know, a reasonably sound answer, as good an answer as a business development person could give with respect to clinical issues. Of course, if I was going into presentations where I knew there were going to be a lot of clinical questions, I would bring an expert with me because I'd get into the deep end pretty quickly and start to flounder. You know, and then there was just the usual networking to build my broker network. And to me, that's business 101. I try to treat, and hopefully, Robin, you agree with the way you and I work together. I try to treat people that I do business with the way I expect to be treated. So novel things. I actually respond to emails in a timely fashion. You know, if someone needs something quickly, I'll jump through hoops to make it happen. Don't BS. Give straight answers. If I don't know the answer to a question, I'll, I'll come clean and say, I don't know, but I'll get the answer for you. So it was just sort of doing those basics as I started to network. And then, you know, word got around that, hey, Vance like isn't a bad guy to deal with. And it just grew from there. And a funny sidebar, I talked about my wife, Maylin, who is an HR professional. <laughs> my first sale was her company. Yeah, my boss said, good one, Vance like Now, how many more wives do you have that you can sell to? But as it turned out, she and I started our jobs back then at the same time. And her company was actually looking for a new provider and she connected me with a broker. So my very first broker contact and we ended up doing a deal. So that was kind of fun. And the other thing that helped me in terms of sort of overcoming challenges was about a year into my, my tenure, I got a new boss who came from another company, oodles of experience, all kinds of connections and based in Toronto, thank goodness. So she almost became a mentor to me. So I kind of floundered and picked up as much as I could kind of on my own, which was really a good experience, right? Because, you know, when you're forced to sink or swim, well, I swam, I chose to swim, probably wasn't pretty, but I did it. And then, yeah, my new boss really helped me and mentored me. And it just went from there. We have six guiding principles that we deal with in our company and everyone knows them quite well. And we always look to them if we're challenged, say, okay, well, let's look to the principles and see how to address this. And all of the five lead to number six, which is that wow experience to that white glove service. And certainly I can say for anyone contemplating, looking for someone to work with, Greg, you definitely give that white glove service. I have found it super easy to bring you into those demo meetings because even though your role is business development and sales, there's authenticity when you're coming into that meeting. And I think the reason we've had the success that we've had is number one, the founders have done a great job building that platform. It just makes sense, especially now. And a lot more employers are really cognizant of the fact that, hey, we need to bring this to the table because we want to demonstrate that we care about our employees. 
that's always a better outcome. You make it really easy because there's no sales job being done in those meetings. It's just, here's what it is. Here's why I believe in it. And if you're looking for, here's where it might not make sense. And I think that builds a lot of credibility. The other piece of good news that I'll share with you is in terms of business development for your brokerage community, they won't admit it, but I know a ton of brokers are listening to this podcast. They'll <laughs> never comment, but I know they are because I hear little things through the grapevine. So hopefully maybe you can pick up one or two because of course only the great ones are following this podcast. So hopefully you'll pick <laughs> up a few more as a result. <laughs> of course. And I do appreciate your kind words. Greg, I want to maybe talk a little bit about what you've achieved during this part of your career, your authenticity, as Robin just mentioned, as shows through in your passion. You talked about the why you joined. I'm sure there's been some examples of some things that you're really proud of. Can you talk about that? Of course. Now you're letting me blow my own horn. Gee, that, <laughs> That's God, why we're here. To, I love you guys. I get to do a sales pitch. Now I get to blow my own horn. Can we do this all day? So look, I mean, sort of from a sales standpoint, and you know, we salespeople, you're kind of measured on your results, right? So, you know, in terms of satisfying moments, I talked about how I struggled in that first year and wondered, what have I done? I did manage in that first year to make, I mean, I'm in my first sale to my wife's company and I had some smaller ones come to fruition, but I do remember distinctly getting a call from a, an HR person I've been pursuing and pitching at a large uniform company and they decided to go with it. So that was my first sort of decent, what I'll call a decent size sale. So I was very excited to phone my boss in Vancouver and say, hey, I finally got this one. And I really felt a sense of accomplishment. So that was very satisfying. And I also remember my first, what I'll call huge sale. It was a lot of work and pitching and then back and forth. So a, a large Canadian retailer that I won. And I do remember distinctly when I got the call, it was a phone call back then. And I literally, I hung up the phone I was and just well, thank you very much. Yes, we'll talk about next steps. And then I let out a whoop. Like the, whole, the office wondered what the heck happened. Like what's wrong? And I literally like exploded off my chair and did a victory lap around the office. I was so excited. And I thought, okay, I've arrived. I can do this. So that was obviously very satisfying. And, you know, some other ones that were sort of cool. I remember sort of once having to go up and do two finalist presentations in Southwestern Ontario. So it was a school board and a university that were in reasonable proximity to each other. So did one finalist presentation in the morning and one in the afternoon. And didn't I win them both? And I thought, wow, that was a pretty good day's work. That was pretty cool. But bringing it back to why I do what I do. So as a sales guy, of course, those are satisfying. I mean, they're, they're numbers, they're commission, their glory and all that. When people ask me, and they do, you know, talk about things that you love about your job. I come back to a story that happened several years ago on a Victoria Day weekend. It's a Saturday, early in the morning, 6.30ish. I was actually getting ready to go golfing. And I got a text from a broker saying, hey, Greg, you know, sort of buggy on a Saturday, but I've got a situation. Have you got a few minutes? You know, here it's 6.30 in the morning. What the heck? I'm up. So called him. Turns out a client of his, not a client of my company's, by the way, a client of his had reached out to him. Unfortunately, one of their beloved employees had gone down to the States on business and unfortunately had drowned swimming in the ocean. And this had happened on Friday evening. 
And so the individual had called my broker to say, look, we don't know how we're going to deal with his team when they come in on Tuesday, right? Because it was a long weekend. Can you help? And again, it was great that the broker thought that to reach out to me, of all people, reached out to me. So, okay, here we are. It's now, you know, getting on about seven o'clock. I'm on my way to the golf course. Anyway, I said, sure, of course. And I back and forth with my trauma team who are 24-7. And by the time I made the turn, I'm getting goosebumps. By the time I make the turn from nine green to 10 T on the cart, everything's set up. We're all ready to go for Tuesday for this client. And I thought, man, this is why I do what I do. Back to what I said. Like I helped. I didn't do the trauma response, but I, first of all, I was very proud that my broker thought to call me. And secondly, I was able to deliver under somewhat unusual circumstances. I probably chunked my drive off number 10 as well, but that's beside the point. But I felt really good and I did get terrific feedback. You know, my broker called me after it was done and saying, boy, you know, you guys did a great job. And it was so great that I, I was able to rely on you. So yeah, as I said, the sales are, they're great. I mean, it's what I do. But at the end of the day, it's those stories that give me goosebumps and they're why I do what I do. And it's not as a salesperson, I don't often get a chance to do that. That's more the account manager's role. But this was just something where, you know, it was a bit of a one-off. And to be able to help my broker look good, more importantly, help the organization and the team, God knows how they must have felt coming in on Tuesday morning, learning that their manager was gone. So that's it. I mean, I've had a lot of satisfying moments in my career, but that one, you know, it always sticks out to me. And every time I tell it, and I've told it several times, I get a shiver. And today's no exception. So thanks for sharing that. That's obviously an impactful story. And it, and it really talks to, again, I'll go back to it, your passion for your role and how what you are doing can really benefit people, which is a great lead in to our final question. Because at this point, I always ask guests, I say, there's a saying that goes, a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. And I'm not going to answer this question for you. I'm going to leave that to you. But I think you already just talked about your example on the golf course and doing something. You didn't do that because you were going to benefit. You did that to help someone else. And you probably never saw exactly who benefited from the effort that you put in that day. But I will let you answer it your way. Well, first of all, it's a very deep sort of question. And I'm not going to take it personally that maybe or maybe not you called me old, which I am. But yeah, look, at I mean, again, what I take from that, it's the greater good, right? Sowing seeds that will benefit well, in, in the context of the quote, benefit future generations. And in the context of what I do and, and using that example of helping my broker's client out with that terrible circumstance when I was on the golf course, I never engaged with the people, but I knew that my efforts helped someone. So in terms of the shade of the tree in which I shall never sit, it doesn't matter. I know other people will benefit from what I do, you know, whether it's my broker's client that I talked about, whether it's the countless employees that work for the organizations to whom I've sold my services, in particular at Inkblot, I feel better knowing that my efforts will make it easier for them to access the mental health support that they need in order that they themselves can lead healthier lives, in order that their families will be happier and healthier as a result. And, you know, with a view to future generations benefiting as well. So it really is, for me, it's a feel-good 
situation. And that's why I love what I do. And not to answer your question for you, but I will piggyback a little bit. What you're doing is really planting seeds to, as we said at the very beginning, make it easier for people to talk about this and make people realize that they're not alone in this and and that everyone goes through it. So, you know, I can see that aspect of it too. No, absolutely. You know, when I share my story, just as, you know, Robin did and so forth, as you said, everybody has stories and you feel comfortable. So I shared with you and then they'll tell you something, right? It makes me feel good that I can do that too. I like what you said there, Greg, and we'll end on that point. And I'll just remind everyone, I posted this a little while ago, everyone out there that you encounter, and I'm getting a little goosebumpy as we, we chat about <laughs> it too, because it is emotional because it personally affected me. Everyone has a story. People are going through stuff in their own life and their own journey. And I always remind people, just try to be as kind as you can. So I think that's a great place to wrap up. So much fun on this episode, Greg. I'm so glad we did this. Thanks for joining us and sharing your story and your journey. I think there's a lot of value there in in what we talked about. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Inkblot? Email is probably the best. Greg, G-R-E-G, at inkblottherapy.com. Perfect. Well, that does it for today's episode said it before i really enjoyed this conversation as always i hope you did too if you have any questions for al or myself please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on linkedin success leaves clues my friends